This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Hi, Angie. What's welcome back? What's up, girl? How are you? I am good. I'm, you know, surviving. This is so weird. Trying to. We're doing this at it night. It is weird. <laughs> I've... I know. I feel like this is. This is good. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> yeah, Me too. yeah. I'm a little tipsy. I'm like, I think this is gonna be a good one. Maybe like a short <laughs> one, but a powerful one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> short but powerful yeah that's what they call me in the gay community yeah they actually that's how i describe myself yes. on Tinder. <laughs> yes small but vigorous um let's get right into the show vigor. full of vigor we got a lot to i mean we don't have a lot to discuss honestly but we have a lot to talk about because i feel like we haven't yes. talked in a while i know it's only been a week, but <laughs> it's i've been away <laughs> But quarantine is crazy, so How, okay. yeah. But also, yeah, you've been away. How was the anniversary it trip? It was our five-year anniversary trip. Eric and I went to the Desert Hot Springs. We rented a little Airbnb with a... It was oh, so cute. Thank you so much. It was so gorgeous. It was perfect, yeah. like a little like Spanish colonial kind of backyard desert moment with a saltwater pool and... Salt, that was a saltwater salt pool. pool. Girl, so I heard I learned this new thing. We're gonna get to the show. I'm sorry, guys, but I just have to tell tell Angie about this thing. So <laughs> I did not know this, but it this is this thing called the Baja Shelf, and yeah. So what that is is so this person had a round pool. First of all, I'm all for round pools because I honestly think rectangle pools makes you feel like there's is a, there's a length, so you must do a lap. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, a round pool, like, oh. suggests we're lounging. I yeah. see, yes. There's, a, there's like, a, there's sort of a existential thing that you're describing about yeah. pools. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Yeah, okay. So, okay. So, this round pool, right? Imagine it's <laughs> divided into fifths. So, three-fifths was just, like, a regular-sized pool, depth of a pool where you can kind of just, like, swim around and, you know, whatever, splash about. And then the two-fifths of the pool was shallow so it was like super shallow like a shelf where you can hang out and where you could put like those you know those beach chairs that like recline all the way so you could there were two beach chairs in the water so you were reclining back while suntanning but while in the water in the pool itself do you that is something i could do you know what i mean it was so crazy i was like oh my god because I hate to stand. I hate to stand. I want to, and I also want to tan, but I get hot easily. So this is like a perfect mm-hmm. way to be inside the water, but also tan. And you could flip and you're, the other side's on uh, facing the sun. And the side that you just tanned now gets to be cool in the pool. Cooled. It, and, the, and this is called the Baja, Baja shelf. shelf. That's what they do, I guess, in Baja, where they, they separate the pools, where it's like half of the pool or whatever the pool is for swimming and the other half is lounging. Yes. Peter, now I understand all these like fucking photo shoots, <laughs> how the models do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How they're kneeling in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did you take so many Instas? Uh, we took a few. Yeah, I posted all of them. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much more, but it was really cute and the tile work was beautiful. The desert landscaping was beautiful. They had like a garden where you can like snip um, tomatoes and beets and lettuce. And like we literally went back in and cooked from the garden. Oh it my was God. gorgeous. It was everything. It truly was. Was it restorative to the relationship and like yeah. good for everything like you guys? Yes. Hugged, it, hugged out. it out, fucked it yeah. out, slept it out, cuddled it yeah. out. The, the, oh my god! Okay, so there was this sound system in this place that I have never been like. Oh, I need like cool sound or like a home theater, but it was set up so you know in such a way that I can never watch movies again without this system. <laughs> I cannot watch without like a three-dimensional sound system. So I guess we're going to have to buy a house with a media room. So that's just a quick update from my life. 
<laughs> is that in the Zillow search, media room has been inputted into the filter. Baja, Baja shelf. shelf, Spanish <laughs> colonial, under two million, and a media room. So you came from this restored vacation. <laughs> yeah, greedier. <laughs> greedier. <laughs> like needing. No, more this shit. place was obviously designed by a audiophile because it, there was a music. There was like a music area where there was like a vintage stereo oh, wow. there were all these guitars you could touch and play and there were guitars in the wall that you could not touch there were all these cool. vintage albums so this guy knew sound so like you could yeah. tell like once we turned on the tv it was so crazy like you, you felt like you were inside of it and we watched all three of the hobbits of course <laughs> Because what better? What you, all three of the habits? Was it like with the screeners available there? They like, had it recorded. They're like huge fans of Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. This guy obviously mixed the habits. But that's right? what I mean. Like he had all these movies with like great sound design where like it yeah. took advantage of like how in stereo it was. There were like things happening where you can hear like the fire behind you. You know what I mean? Shit. Of like a dragon, but yeah. the dragon's voice is in front of you and the music is to the sides. You know, like it was like echolocation almost where like you're sitting inside of the action. I'm sold is what I'm saying. I need a fucking yeah. media room. I mean, that's the reason audiophiles always like bemoan like certain like the flattening of sound in order to come yes. out of like speakers. Yes. And it's like it's because of that. I mean, so this guy must have like mixed or like been an engineer on like some sort he of like seventies. Yeah, some I, either some like movie, or yeah. albums or something because it was incredible. And I so he like mixed all of Chicago, all of Chicago, the band. Yeah, like yeah. you know something because like, that's why he has this money. And Peter like, Cetera's, you know, it's always crazy. Yeah, early early yeah. solo career. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because there's always like random like um, people with money. See that like we're a part. of I this. love that you said that random people with money. Yes. Yes. It's like, where did you get this money and how? Oh, you have a particular skill that has been monetized over and over. Oh, okay, yes. cool. Never that's never been my life. <laughs> I mean, it's like the same thing. It's like Martin Scorsese, whatever, whoever Martin Scorsese has used to like sound mix every single one of his yeah. movies. Has got to have one of the, has, he sure, for sure has a bottle. Oh. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, it's, that's how show business really does work. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you in a very small way, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll get into the show. Remind me to bring this up again during my thing. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the show. We have one last review and this is the last one ever. Um, Oh, is this, Submitted. is, 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 this is, this is our this last. Is our last one and I'm excited to read it. So moving forward, we will not have, um, reviews read. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, w <laughs> I wish we had more reviews, but I, I, I like just getting started with the show as well, you know, like, but we said that we we would read reviews. So here we go. This is the last one. Yes. And thank you for everyone who, who has submitted the review. Yes, we truly. And if you do want to post, we're not, we're not opposed to it, it but we're, we're just no. not like, you know. We're not thirsty for it. I'm a little thirsty for it. I miss the reviews. Anyway, this one was submitted <laughs> May 29th, 2020 by Clara Mack, titled Fokker in Love with This Podcast. Awesome. Ooh. Uh, and Peter, been a longtime listener, and I have to say that YouTube brings so much joy to my life, from history to politics and all the fun gossip in between. Thank you for sharing your lives and culture through this great podcast. Hearing you two cackle through my headphones makes me smile every time. Also, yes, King Spa holds a forever place in my heart. Heart emoji. Thanks for keeping me sane during quarantine. Aww. Oh, Clara Mac, appreciate you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, let me just tell you how often our laughs have been characterized as cackles. cackles. I know. Never uh, a guffaw. <laughs> never um, uh, a pleasant, malicious yes, like no. laughter. It's always a hard cackle. Yes, yes. It's uh, <laughs> uh, most people are trying to tell us to stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like in the nicest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, speaking of Fockers and all of you guys keeping you sane during quarantine, obviously Patreon is still open. If you guys, you know, we, we have, we the, have merch. the merch. Come, come. get you it. You guys, did you get we the get merch, by the way? all the time. Did I'm you guys like, get the merch? Let, yeah, us, let know us know. Because I sent all that shit out and I hand wrote a, a note. If you got one, you know you fucking got it. All right. 
So I, just let us know. Take a picture with it or something. Like go to the market and take a picture and like we want to repost you. Post. Yeah. Yeah. All these all these Post. people sitting on merch and they're like, I bet you it's in the corner, like gathering dust. Or like, or it's like shoved into that tote cabinet where like you have like yeah. you have your Whole Foods tote and your Ralph's tote and your fucking Vons or whatever. Whatever. I've been I, that is, my my Ajima tote is my sole tote. That's your only it's tote. It's my only bag. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's my only bag. <laughs> I've like I don't have a regular bag. I've been anymore. using it to take everywhere to like backyard things, um yeah, yeah. picnics, all of it. People love, people love it. it. I mean, what's not to love? It's really cute. I, I people get at me all the time about it. My mom was like, "Omo, omo, 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 boy, yeah, omo, omo." What do you mean? I was like, "Yeah, omo, 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 omo." She's like, "Omo, omo." She had no idea what it meant. She's like, "Ah, tell ya, tell ya." She was like telling me that the hajja, yeah, is wrong. No, this is how we say it. Yeah. She was like, "How do you? How do you go? How do you go? Yeah, free with subscription. Um, so yeah, if you want, if you if you want a bag that my mom thinks is grammatically inaccurate yeah. and can't believe people yeah. are buying, you um, won't be buying it either. Please. Actually, it's free with subscription. So yeah, and the and the Patreon is. We are we are truly. Let's just say there's some hot hot guys. Oh my god! That will be exclusive. Oh my god! Um, I I I'll tell you right now. Um, things are at a contract negotiation point. Yeah! (laughs) So we are um doing the rounds of negotiate. So. Um, hopefully you're gonna want, you're gonna want this tea. You're gonna want this tea. You're gonna be the first it's to know because other people, the public, will not know. I'll tell you that they'll know when you find out in the trades, which will be months from now. So <laughs> get it while it's hot, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's been going on with you? Update us about your life in the last week. Um. So I have. It's been crazy. Yeah. Life has really been it's insane. Been, she's like, been testing um, you. Okay. Yes, I have been tested, yeah. and I, I think I may be getting a C. Ah, um, passing. <laughs> I mean, I guess if that's <laughs> if you're not Korean. If you don't think I'm gonna go back to the teacher and try to negotiate, oh, you're you crazy. Have to. You have to tell uh, her your 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 parents are getting divorced. Your grandma's yes. dying. Something. Yeah, I have. Everything's happening yeah. at the same time. My parents are getting divorced because my grandmother died. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm going to for sure go back. But I, I, um, uh, so my my husband's grandmother is dying. First of all, <laughs> kudos for him for having a grandma that's still alive. That's I know. Amazing. I mean, they're very yes, I know it's crazy, and they're in their eighties, late eighties, mm. and um. It's been a surreal experience to have to grieve during quarantine. Ooh, that's got to be tough. Like it's it's a real a thing. So um, what's happening that's yeah. not what's happening that's different from pre-core? If this was to happen in December of 2019. So this is the most insidious part of this pandemic, mm. right? It's like this is not a covid related death. Mm. Um and it's and she hasn't died yet, but you know, the thing about this pandemic is that it really it robs us of this like very basic type of human dignity to grieve yeah. with each other, and commune, and mm-hmm. commune, because that's how people grieve yeah. is to get is come, come together, together, eat together, eat sing together, together, touch laugh. each other, Commis- yes, yeah. yeah. Commiserate, reminisce, and there. So the Zoom, you know, if there's nothing happening on Zoom. I know that's such a stupid thing to ask, but like I know that's you know people are getting married on I mean, Zoom. Everyone's very you know? old. Every, I mean, everyone's very old, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like that requires a certain level of tech, tech savvy. Yeah, and also, um, you know, it's very sad for Max's grandfather, who was also in the hospital mm. when she got ill, and so he couldn't see her. It's the first time in their lives they've been apart. apart for more than like a couple of days. Oh my god, that's so yeah. heartbreaking. And um, you know, it's that 
it's just like that is sort of the most cruel part of this pandemic this the way that it strips away sort of these fundamental parts of our humanity mm-hmm. you know like so much about being human is not just it's being together sharing experiences together yeah. sharing grief together yeah um, and that's how we all heal and we can't heal because we can't do those things you know it it's a different type of heal yeah. yeah and i mean that really is the part that like is heartbreaking i mean like i've been crying on and off this entire week because it's you know i'm married into this family and you know Peter, you get this, like when you come from a dysfunctional family and a family that is not very close and doesn't prioritize this type of like closeness, mm. right? Because of everyone's dysfunction, right? Like, um, I've been very, for- you, you and I both, I've been very fortunate to have like mated with people that come from very healthy people. You mean like our partners? You know, very he- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like very healthy people. I mean, they're, maybe they're not healthy because they tried. They chose. Everyone to has their be with us. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it, but yeah, in, in, but in a sense, the family is. Like, is yeah. uh, the family unit is together, whether it's dysfunctional or not. My family is dysfunctional, like functional, and separate. Yeah. Yes. We're all individuals. Like it's. Yeah. Yes, splintered. There's like not a net. Mm. That like, and anything that you try, it's really between individuals, yeah. right? Like it's between me and my But mom. it is also something it's that like, we yeah. learned from our, my uncles and aunts are all separated. None of them talk, yeah. and not just by geographically, like emotionally. Yeah. They don't talk to each other. Yeah. They compete with each other. They don't like each other. Yes. There's yes. no sense of family in my home. And that's why I've yes. always had this thing of like extreme loyalty to my friends and demanding mm-hmm. extreme loyalty from my friends. It's very mafia-esque because I don't have family <laughs> and it's like all found family for me, you know? I've learned yeah. to let go of that more as I got older of this idea of like, if you know, this fear of like, oh, if you wrong me, then this is over. Or if I wrong you, then yeah. this is, o-. you know, like it's always like this idea of contingency and... Um, a conditional love based conditional yeah. love yeah. yes and because you feel that from your yeah, parents of course I've, I've been told that from my entire family yes. like our yeah. first of all we don't love you but even if we did it would not be conditional <laughs> <laughs> love was never a thing it was always obligation it was always yes. you represent the kim clan you are a mm-hmm. member of this family, so you will do what's right for this family. You will not bring shame upon yeah. this family. You will not do anything that will upset the family. And we will all yeah. make sure that we are looking at Harabaji, our grandpa, yes. as the be-all, end-all rule of law of family. Yeah. I'm telling you, this. Im- we've been saying this over and over again, this, immigra- this two generations of, of Koreans... Korean Americans. Yes. It's a really sad traumatic time. It is a very dark time of our people. It's like it depends on how your family reacted to Well, war. that's true, I guess. <laughs> I mean like truly, like I mean cuz like if my my cuz my my mom's side, they all banded together and it's because they're all sisters. And yep. they all they are all like very close yeah. and they even my cousins in Korea, they're like, "Well, you know, the sisters are a whole thing. Like yeah. they're dysfunctional in how interdependent they are, but like, you know, it's, they are very, very close and everything is like flows through. They had a very happy yeah. home, you know, like my aunt, when she came was like describing how, like when they lived in the one room hut, like how, like they, their parents still fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You've told me this story. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like they come from a happy home. I guess that's happy. I guess I mean, that's you know, happy. They were all like, I know how, how, how do you really love? Wow. Like, What's you know? that like? I mean, like, I understand that my parent, my family, my dad never fucked my mom. Yeah. She was not having it. She was like, get away from me. I think there was like an obligatory like birthday fuck and that's where my brother came from. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah, no. I no. was the only child for seven years. Total and shaking all the one. Hey. 
내가 누군 누구다고? Like you're my wife. 아, 귀찮아, 귀찮아, 귀찮아. 귀찮아. It's very that. But it's like, very that because they're you yes. know maybe they were never in love or whatever it was. I mean, but the thing is, is just however they reacted to the trauma of immigration, <laughs> yeah. their own family. Because my my parent, my fam- mom's family, like reacted differently than my dad's mm. family. So like. You know, coming from that and then coming and marrying into a family that is like relatively normal, you know, like they're they love each other. They are there for each other. And it's been like and I've been in this family now 10 years and then before that. So it's almost 15 years I've known, you know, Vieta. And so like for me, you know, and it's not the thing about it is like I think I mean, anyone that's older, Peter, is like. Grief is harder when you're old. Mm. Like as you age, it actually becomes harder mm. because you have more memories. There's just more a part of you that like identifies with everything. Um, the weight of grief is feels different as I've mm. aged. And, you know, like I feel like also death is oftentimes the heart. You know, the people that have to carry this weight are the people that are alive. Right. And. You know, for me specifically, it's like my husband, my mother-in-law, like my father-in-law. It's just like, you know, that part is also part of the grief. Mm -hmm. And that's also why inside of pandemic, like, we can't touch. I can't reach out. We can't. Hug. You can't. Hug. Share a meal. I mean, just Give each other a massage. Well, I give her a deep yeah. kiss. Um, <laughs> a slip of the finger. <laughs> can't do it. I mean, can't it's, do it's, it. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Like it's been, you know, it's this moment of like communion that occurs whenever something like this happens. And like, you know, people can't gather. That's really the thing. It's like weddings yeah. and funerals. Right. Yeah. And um, that like, you know, both joy and grief inside of pandemic has changed. Right. Like. Because, you know, with weddings, you can't or birthdays like these things are not the same. And so it's just like both ends of this, like very, very intense, very important human moments just like have evaporated. They've like it's just that nothing about our reality is that. But that part of that is just no longer the same. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. But it's it's unfortunate for those people. It starts up. But once even it starts up again, who knows yeah. how we're going to be traumatized from it? Because kids are going to be fine. Like my yeah. son puts on his fucking no, mask. I won't like, hug another person like for the that. rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually grateful. My for brother it. came yeah. to visit. My brother came to visit, and he tried to give me like uh, like a pound, and I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> and you know, he's looking at me like, "Come on, bro," and I'm like, "No, you come on, bro. I don't know where the fuck you've been." I'm looking at him like like heteros looked at homos in the 80s. Like, bitch, don't touch me. Like, that, like that's how fucking AIDS spreads, you know? I'm looking yeah. at him because he's young, and I know he's dumb. So, like, he's, he's out there partying. He's out there hanging out with friends. I know it. I know he's one of these kids that they're, like, you know, like, partying, you know, whatever. So I was, at a, at a yeah. rave. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about a rave, but, like, in a hotel room with, like, 20 Chinese kids. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> All listening to the chain smokers and like, you know. It's, oh my gosh, that one Korean guy that hangs out with all Chinese people. Yeah, yeah, it's your that's brother. my brother. <laughs> so he's he's that guy, and he, I met his girlfriend by the way. First Ooh, time, that's first new. time I meet. No, that's not true. I've met a different girlfriend before, but this one is the first time I've met someone as, as with him as an adult. He has been single for a long time, and yeah, she's great. I like her. She's. We didn't really click. Okay. But I like her. Is she Korean or is Chinese. she Chinese? Oh, does your mom yeah. know? <laughs> I got to tell you what she said. I and this will make my mom look so bad, but like I got I got to roast her anyway because this is like you know how we do like stand up about our moms and you know like yeah. sometimes we embellish, but this is truly not an embellishment what she said. She like I she so they come and they're at the house and I'm like ma oh ma you know Sonyong you was so your 
She's yeah. like, oh, 그래, 그래. 만나 보니까 어때? And I was like, oh, you know, she's, she's, she's cool. You know? 괜찮은 거 같아. And she was yeah. like, oh, 그 중국에 치고는 뭐 세련됐지? And I was like, what? <laughs> she was, she's basically like, for a Chinese girl, she's not that tacky. And I'm yeah. like, what? And she's like, you know, Chinese girls, they're usually tacky. I'm like, mom, you have a bejeweled I heart New York hat, denim hat. The fuck are you saying? Like, look at the guy. You wore that to my show at the UCB theater in New York City in, in Chelsea. What is your, I don't understand what your definition of tacky is. Tacky. You clearly are, <laughs> that you're not in the right zone. She was not tacky. She I looked mean, great. Like, she has a great sense of style. I, I you know, she, she, it, it, like, I think keeps my brother on his toes. So, I, yeah, overall, I am a, um, I am out of proof. Tunesa, I didn't mean like shik shik like. She's shik shik and, um, yeah. you know, she's smart. Like, she's not like sitting there like quiet, like, you know, like she's, uh, she's throwing yeah. it back. And, and I don't think my brother would want to be with someone who's like wallflower, you know, cause he, yeah, God, yeah. Dude, spending two days with him, two nights, three days with him. I love my brother. We get along really well and we laugh and we have a good time, but I will say we are exactly the same. And it made me feel so bad for Eric. I was like, <laughs> this is how I am to my partner. I, <laughs> hate this my brother and i just see him how my brother was treating his girlfriend i'm like oh don't let him talk to you like that what are you doing come on girl time to shut the fuck up, shut up, up just needling and poking and nagging but all in like a roasty fun way of course you know, of course nothing is ill intent at all you know yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah, not yeah. a mean bone but <laughs> but like yeah, constantly yeah. poking and i'm like you s- shut the hell up leave her alone <laughs> i'm like defending her <laughs> it was it was really funny to watch and i was like oh wow we're the exact same person i i understand i mean i'm the same i'm i'm the same to my husband i mean yeah. like i I realized there was a moment where I like stepped back and I was like actually watching my life. And so much of our, my relationship with my husband is me being like, yeah, poke, like, poke, like poking poke, and literally poke. like yelling at him and him like sludged over like, this. oh my God, <laughs> like just taking it. And then like sometimes jabbing out and then me being like, oh, I cannot believe you stood up for yourself. How dare you? I mean, it's right. It's like, it's not, it's, 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 would you characterize it as like, it's not necessarily chansori. It's like, um, what you, what you, it is sort of chansori, but it's like, but like, I mean, what, but like when you needle, it's not like, it's not chansori. Chansori is like, kind of like nagging. Nagging. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more like, it's like roasting. Yeah. But like, what's the, <laughs> I don't know if, like, there's no Korean word for it. Jilo? It's just, that's like poking. Yeah. 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 Like that's a definitely type of like. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's you know? not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because also. I'm meditating upon My it. husband is more. It's, 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 it, he will jab back. He will really jab oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he we go yeah. at it. And so it's like much more of like a. It's a um, playful. Sparring. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. And. um there's a lot of times when we start yelling and we just, it devolves into laughter. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's like, it's crazy. Cause we're just like, he, he ate. Okay. I would say this as an example. He once ate something out of the garbage. Oh, and oh, what <laughs> Eric would do that. Okay, too. Not once. Eric eats off the floor he all the do, time. Yes. It's just like stuff like this where I'm just like, Oh, oh. total. Like, you know, it's like, don't do that. And then we were fighting about like, throwing something away and i was like well you love garbage because you're a garbage eater and we're just like yelling and i'm yelling at him about being a disgusting person that loves to eat garbage he's like when's the last time i did that i was like i don't know and he's like see you can't even remember i was like no i can remember (laughs) it was like a year ago he's like yes but i have i've tried to not do it since and like we're just starting to laugh (laughs) like well how could you argue with that i mean the man's trying not to eat garbage out of the fucking trash can he's trying (laughs) you gotta give him that (laughs) 
and he wanted recognition yeah. for yeah, trying. You got to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Daniel Day Kim. And I'm being joined by Daniel Day Kim, the star of Hawaii Five-O. Hey everybody, I'm Daniel Day Kim. Daniel Day Kim. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's still a long way to go, but I'm really happy to, to say that I think there's never been a better time to yeah. be an actor of color in this industry than right now. Mm. Uh, the way things are opening up and expanding is unprecedented, really, yeah. and I just hope it's not a trend. Good. I hope yeah, it's not absolutely. a fad. Yeah. Okay, we're back, guys. Thank you for sticking <laughs> with back. us. Um, today, I want to talk about something that I'm really fired up, uh, up about, which is mm-hmm. voter registration. Now, this Ooh. is a thing that affects all of us. Um, this regist- this election is going to be fucking nuts. And I've been thinking about ways to get involved that's not just retweeting or, you know, whatever. Yes. You know, yes. that's all. That's good. It's great, and I'm doing it every day as a thing. I'm calling my people. I'm sending letters in to defund the police. All of it. It's great. Yes, yes, but yes, of course. I personally, and I'm I'm not saying this for anyone else. Okay, so this is not a rebuke against your own political actions or whatever. <laughs> I just need something that I could point to and say that, hey, I'm doing something. I can't sit there and be like. Yeah. Nah, uh, uh, I retweeted Brianna Taylor. You know, like that's just not <laughs> enough for me. You know, and it's if if it's enough for you, that's okay because everybody has different, you know, capacities, bandwidth, and like what's happening in your life. Absolutely, yes, your own mental course. health, and you know, fe- yes. you know, look out for yourself first. But for me, I'm doing okay, so I feel like I'm like a little dumb chow. So like, I need to help. Yeah, you know. So and that's a great place to be. That's a very privileged place to feel dumb yes. chow and like overwhelmed. Like in a good way. So I decided I want to stay active civically. And the way I'm doing that is by trying to affect my local community and who I have a platform. We, you know, have this Ajma show and I have a platform of social media, whatever. So like what I want to do is kind of tie in this idea of like Asians and Asian American, right? Asian Americans... Uh, the la- latest thing I read was 56% of Asian Americans are voting, available voters. That's too yeah, little. It's very, it's very, it's low. very low. So it's either yeah. people are young and they think voting's not cool, or um, there's issues with language and like what my mom is going through. Yeah, they're old. Yeah, yeah. they're old and they don't think it matters. Right. Slash like voter yeah. suppression. So yeah. what I want to do is I want to kind of rage war again there's this like culture war happening with mass right now mm-hmm. and people especially yeah. coming down from the top of you know fucking trump so like people are saying like oh fuck this my in- in- inalienable right to breathe the air this america sweet american u.s that air. footage out of florida was nuts that florida out of, that footage out of absolutely florida was cringe and so i decided that like okay if we the the actual people who are who care about other people these people who yeah. don't think covid's a thing don't, don't obviously care about anyone else besides themselves and then the rest of us have to do the heavy lifting so right. since we're doing the heavy lifting anyway i've decided that i i'm going to create a mask uh with the word good citizen on it ooh Okay. Not only is Good Citizen my name, so yeah, <laughs> Sunmin. It's a little bit of just you yeah. know my own personal branding, but also I think it's a good way to tell people that this is what a good citizen does. You know, yeah, and it, it's a slight nod to Confucianism, and yeah, it's certainly. also uh, what I want to do is you know everyone has to wear a mask, and guess what? I've been wearing these masks, and it gets fucking filthy. It gets hot, especially yes. in the summer, and you're not brushing your teeth between meals. I'm not. So when I'm going out on a thing or like I have to go to the fucking store or something, I'm yeah. smelling and tasting the fucking nasty. You know what I mean? So yes, a yes, clean, yeah, yeah. new, 
Your own yes. kimchi breath. So yeah. it's not enough if you have one or two cloths uh, a mass. You need a few. You need a, like a wardrobe of it. Like it, it's, yeah. you know, fashion houses and couture houses are mm-hmm. not fucking making them. So <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. I'm going to do that, but I do. Um, I am trying to. And this is where it comes back. Anji, I, I asked you to remind me of like using the people, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So our engin- engineer, Phil, Phil, he's a great designer and artist. I'm, I'm asking yeah. him and commissioning him to create a good citizen mask for me either Ooh. it just says good citizen or has good citizen like an icon we don't know yet it's going to be yes. I, I gave him seven days to figure it out and i'm paying him I'm, I'm not this isn't a free thing i'm paying him to do this on the sure. side and what i'm gonna do is figure out how to make these custom masks and easy for people to order so that and i'm gonna give it out to friends too like i want to as a gift as a birthday gift yeah. Um, maybe we could put it on the Patreon, something where like, I'm willing to pay a little bit of money to get these made so that you, if you buy it all 100% of the proceeds will go to, uh, uh, Asian Americans advancing justice, AAAJ, an organization we and I have both worked with. Yes. They do great work. They have branches everywhere. And the reason I, mm-hmm. I've looked at a lot of different like voter suppression and voter registration um, causes, but this one is near and dear to me because it has to do with my people and our people. Right. And, and that's the small effect I think I can have is by reaching right. out to our consi- people who listen to us, people who follow us, people who like our comedy, it, it, and to like actually have something that you can wear is very yeah. cool, right? Because like, it's not just like, oh, thoughts and prayers. You know, like you actually are, every time you go out, it, you're making a political statement. So. And, yeah, it's like a small drag. <laughs> so that's classic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it says good citizen saying that any anyone not wearing it Who's is not. a bad citizen. Yeah. Yes. yes. Which you are, sir or ma'am. Like, come on, man. If at this point you're not wearing a mask, you are not being a good citizen. Yeah, your disregard for your fellow citizen in Man. this way is flagrant. Yes. And that means that you've bought into the politicization of this fucking pandemic. And you are you. I truly at this point think that there after all this ends, Peter, I want all the white men to be held accountable yeah. and to be held accountable in a very public Nuremberg type <laughs> trial for crimes yes. against humanity during the yes. pandemic. Agreed. That's Agreed. what I want. That's what I want. I want them there with all the faces, <laughs> like some fucking Vietnam wall shit of all the names. Yeah, yeah. And they have, to, and, and we get, we're going to point to the various re- re- districts that they are directly responsible yeah. for the deaths and the hospital beds that were not available for these people. And that and I want the, these people to be hanged <laughs> in a public square. Drawn like and they, quartered. They, <laughs> no, they do this shit in China. <laughs> Whenever there's like corruption shit, they hang these motherfuckers up in a public square and they ha- they hold them accountable. Yeah. People are afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, that's not great, <laughs> you're, but I'm just you're saying. You're going into despot mode. I need you to reel it back. <laughs> For a second, <laughs> I hear you. I see you. I honor your rage. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. They need the, to made it, be made an example good, of in one way or the other. Yes, yes, I agree. And the good citizen is a minimum. minimum. You should be you should be good, and you should try to be kind. Exactly, and, but that's not something we uh, treasure in America. Kindness. It's no. not something we. <laughs> it's not a, a strong suit of ours. <laughs> Yeah. No, right now we're we're at basic like well at least I have a black friend. <laughs> yes, level. yes, it's few. I have one. <laughs> that that's where we're yeah. at. And like you know what? Yep. <sighs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's really incredible for I will say any American that is not white to live here right now, because not only are we feeling the burden of nationalistic shame. We also have to work within the microaggressions of race and and because of race, socioeconomic status and class and all that. Like, it's just harder for us, guys, Latinx, Asians, blacks, everyone. Like, we're all it's way harder for us than if you're just white. And that's not a read or a complaint or anything. It's just a fucking truth, man. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. no one's yelling and screaming that you should go back to Ireland. Literally no one. 
Okay? So just let's all relax for a second. Slancha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love this voter suppression stuff because it, so much of politics is so local. And within politics being local, um, Asian American groups inside, inside of your communities oftentimes are addressing, there are needs that are very specific to our community. Language being a top one, but also culturally there's shit about like talking to each other, even talking about voting, you know, because so many Asian immigrants come from places where the voter suppression is different. Like it's uh, with a bat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's. And it's uh, a visceral memory for most of these people. That's not that Voting's long ago. Very new for most Asians. Yes, yeah. and like, and it's a, it's a, it feels like a dangerous thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, and especially in a country that, where you're cultural. trying not to get caught. Yeah. Yes, it's the remnants of so, that like, like idea sort of, of like Koreans in Japan being told like, shh, quiet, don't stand out, yes. learn Japanese, do not speak Korean, erase your entire culture, and that's what our parents feel and felt. But I think it's incumbent upon us and our generation, the millennial Gen Zs. It's our, I, I know mm-hmm. Unji and I are at the top. I'm Gen Z. You are not Gen Z. Unji, <laughs> you, are, you are late Gen X. Let's be real. Okay? <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a generation we don't even talk about, which is crazy. It's like boomer <laughs> and then millennial Gen Z. We don't even talk about Gen X. You, wait, do you consider yourself Gen X? I'm spiritually Gen X, physically Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> I'm would say that I'm, I would say that I am Gen X. <laughs> yeah, you and I are, you and like I are cool Gen X, honestly. We're, we're like, yeah. we, we, I mean, we're maybe millennial, but we're very, we're very old I, school. I, we, are, we are very millennial because I've seen it in ways that our year specifically is the year that it turns around yeah. on. We graduated like Gen, The last year of Gen X and the first year of millennial. Yeah. But because we had internet, yeah. very, like at a point, and we all both are from urban areas, mm. That makes us way more yeah, millennial yeah, than... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We're millennials. So I would say We're that... Old, yeah. The oldest I mean, millennials. Yeah. <laughs> the <Yes>. oldest. <laughs> we are ma and millennial. pa millennial. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, like... Even other millennials like, okay, I guess you could get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, everything's broken anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the truly the yeah. worst, but... Yeah, I mean that's that's so great, Peter. Like I I love that organization, and it is. Uh, I'm I mean, excited for I, it. I would say it's actually like dovetails really nicely into my topic, mm. which is about um, the guide. It's G I D E Foundation. Okay. And um, it's it's specifically a not it's a nonprofit started it just recently in May that focuses on adoptee education. Mm and the mental health of Korean-American adoptees. It's very specific. It's literally for the Ajima Whoa. show. Truly. <laughs> um, um, and so, like, basically, everyone that is there is all, all of them are adoptees. And it's supposed to address this very specific and very depressing stat that I was reading. It's um, So according to the National Institute of Health, five doctors conducted a, survey, a study at the University of Minnesota mm. And um, the suicide rate of adopted children versus non-adopted children, they're almost four times more likely to commit suicide. God damn. And the number of suicides of adopted Korean children is four times the national average. Jesus. Right. So the the project is to create like a mental health guide for adoptees who want to reunite with their birth families. Mm. Very specific. Because there's... You know, so many people that choose to undertake that journey, if they choose to, find so much opposition, so much shame on the other end in Korea. Um, And there's like, you know, the reason why so many people look for that is also based in this idea to to find identity and find family and to have it be rejected again. Yeah. Damn. You have to be prepared for that, you know. And um, it's hard. It's hard. And so, like, there's about 125,000 Korean American adoptees. Um, most of them from South Korea and it's like there's about f- out of every 100,000 to 54 commit suicide as opposed to the average of 13.7 out of the same number. Oh so that's a lot. 
right? That's the four times. And it's it's like it's this foundation. We will um, link to it and everything. It's a very this is what we're talking about. It's a very specific organization that's catering to our very specific mm-hmm. needs. And um, it's you know as we move into this like new world, this brave new world uh, during pandemic, post pandemic. Um, there needs to be more a deeper acknowledgement of these differences between each other yeah. and a, a deeper level of empathy for each other. Right. Cause yeah, like, it's something I would you know, have never even about like, this, thought about unless right. like people told me like, Hey, I'm uh, this, this is something I deal with. Like, Oh shit. Duh. It's not only hard being a Korean American. It must be triply as hard to be Korean American adoptee. Yes. Oh my God. And it happens later. Like your relationship with race is extremely complicated. You know what? I'm going to be nicer to Joel Kim Booster. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) No, I'm I'm not. I never never interface with him, so I never have a chance to be mean. So it's, I'm not, that's true. I'm not going to be nicer. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, but it's a, it's a very unique, I mean, I've, I've only known a couple mm. and their relationship with race and their identity as a Korean is very different from even HAPA people. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, I think HAPA people kind of go through that in their teens and they kind of fully embrace whatever version, like whichever parent, you know, like it's just the reality of how you look. Mm -hmm. But Korean American adoptees, that's a whole other thing. They are 100%. (sighs) They look, but none of their identity with their family has been based on that. So for all Um, intents and purposes, they think they're white or whoever adopted them. And so the relationship with race, yes, the relationship with race is so different. Um, If you guys are interested in watching a very... uh, um, compelling and very like niche documentary it's called a little white lie and it's about this woman i think there was a this american life about her she is half black but she was raised in her jewish family as white and they always attributed how she looked to the fact that her father had a sicilian (laughs) grandfather (laughs) and it's just it's crazy to say this out loud now Cause she look, she like fully looks half black. Like there's no, and they just the lies that the family was able to tell themselves. Mm. And she totally lived life as a white person who just looked this way. Damn. And it didn't come out until later that her mother had obviously had an affair. And it's like it's a very compelling look at what race is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, totally constructed. And so it's a very fascinating um, documentary if you guys want to check it out. But it's just like that's what Korean-American adoptees. Mm. Um, I think I know one family whose family like really went out of their way to make sure that Koreanness was a part of their lives. But it was so foreign because it was foreign to their parents. Mm. So yeah. like it was something that she ultimately felt resentful mm. of. Um, yeah. And like it's also weird because... So much of Korean American identity is through your parents, right? Like so much of it is like rooted in um, how you're taught. Yeah. You're taught and your hatred and love of your Mm -hmm. parents, like this like quixotic mix of like, you know, uh, love and hate. And it's just like that's not that's not an integral part of their experience. Right. Um, Fascinating. It was it's it's yes. So if you guys want to check it out, if you want to. You know, um, read more about it. It's a fascinating and very important organization. It's called the Guide Foundation. We, it's funny that we both decided to like highlight an organization. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Really? Yeah, always, always dovetailing. Exactly. Um, yeah. And if you're a listener that is a Korean adoptee and kind of you feel like you have a specific take on this, we'd love to hear it. Email us, ajmashow oh, at gmail.com or tweet at us, DM us, whatever. We're, I mean, I'm always looking at how different the Korean experience is and 
you know, yours is obviously such an interesting one, especially as we live here in America and what it means to be an American and what it means to like, I was looking at my passport the other day to make sure that I, I was like, it's not expired in case I need to fucking run. Right. And I'm like, this passport. Where are you going to run to? Canada's not taking Canada me. is starving for me, man. <laughs> she is constantly, okay, yeah, Peter. constantly giving me IG ads about like, come to Canada, live in Canada. <laughs> Okay, that sounds a little defensive, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody in Canada who wants me. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you guys, Koreans. <laughs> One thing that I never heard once in the conversation when people were talking about the quality of acting on Lost was how difficult it must be for an actor who didn't speak a language as their first language to perform in that language for, for five or six years. When we take white actors and we ask them to speak in another language, the entire conversation is about you are incredible. You take a language that you don't know well. You not only learn it, but you are able to act scenes in that language. This is the, the, the pinnacle of your craft. You know, and it's, you take a lot of performances by well-known actresses who can do accents very well. And that is, that is an example of how good they are at their work. But not just with me, but with any Asian, it is almost assumed that you should be able to do that, or the work that you have to put in to do that is not significant. And it's a very subtle kind of racism that still exists today. All right, we are back with Kick-Ass Courage, y'all. Kia! Kia! All right, who do you got today? Okay, so... Again, we're doing, it's like a whole thing. Um, we're talking about like civic responsibility. Uh-huh. I am highlighting yeah. um, the, so there, do you remember the thing that we both posted of the people that um, like re- translated the argument for being anti-racist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for specifically the Asian community? Yes. So one of the women actually created a handbook um, for it's like an anti resource anti racism resources for Asian Americans toolkit, mm-hmm. and one of them is Emily Chi. Okay, and she is a recent Harvard Kennedy School okay Harvard, okay, Harvard. Uh, graduate with a master's in public policy, Ooh. and um, she said our privilege and our proximity to whiteness. And the lies that we believe about our model minority status has always been harming communities of color. And so we have a responsibility to do this right. Mm. And that's, I think that's such a beautiful articulation of sort of Asian Americans' role in activism and how we f- should feel particularly um, responsible to act. Um, it doesn't matter, like, you know, Peter and I. I mean, like, I don't think we would ever describe ourselves from coming from money or from privilege, mm. but we have been afforded privilege even as people of color. Right. And that this articulation is, I thought, very resonant with mm. me. And so um, I'm actually highlighting her. Emily Chi. Emily Chi. Oh, Chee. yes. Uh, it's, it's great. Harvard grad, obviously, but she is acting currently... Um, as an activist, and she's working like with this anti-racism uh, toolkit. Um, I will link to it for you, Peter. And it is—it's very helpful. It was very helpful, not in terms of um, resources for like to donate to, but also just like there's a part of it that says baby step that is uh, details baby steps with family. So um, like stuff to watch with them, how to bring up things, Ooh, cool. and um, you know. Things for them to read uh, that are in languages that they can understand. And even um, they have from Chinese to Korean to Urdu and Vietnamese. um, They're like specific things for Taiwanese resources, Mm. specific Korean resources. Um, It's very, very helpful. It's a great toolkit. And I just wanted to highlight. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Gen Z or man. Emily Chi. C-H-I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Korean Korean Chi. 
C-H-I. I've never seen that C-H-I spelling. Yeah, right? that's cool. What would that be? G. Chi-shi. Like, yeah. Chi? Chi-yun-shi. Anyway. Chi. Emily Chi at E-M-S-U-N-A. M-Sun-A. Look her up and support her. You know, the newer immigrants get better anglicized names. Yeah, you get to like pick and shit now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, but it's it's more accurate. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because like you know, there are other unjis that come mm-hmm. over, and theirs is I N. Oh, unji. What do you mean, I N G I? Inji? Mm-hmm. No, it's like no U N J I. U N J unji. Okay, cool. As opposed to what I have, mm. the E U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like they cha- they like anglicize it better. Like same thing with like Beijing versus Peking. Oh yeah, like they've like done a better version. Version like they try to because like nowhere else in the world did I'm they glad do that this, in- by the way. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, you know, like the word for what's the word? For, I think the Vietnamese the the word in Korean for Vietnamese people is like Wulam, Wulam mm-hmm. right? That's actually I think the Vietnamese word for Vietnamese. Oh, okay. Like, for example, um, the Korean word for Moscow, mm-hmm. Moskoba. Uh-huh. That's the Russian word for Moscow? Yes. Oh, wow. It's like it's a Korean, Korean-fied, like, accent-wise. Wow. That's cool. The only place that does Fucking this America. is America. <laughs> Sick of it. Sick of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I will say an American that I am not sick of is a Korean-American by the name of Kenny Choi. That's my kick-ass Korean. He's at Kenny Ooh. KPIX. He's a journalist slash reporter for the CBS local station in San Francisco, WPIX, a, sh- a, a station that I used to watch when I lived in San Francisco, although he was not. Okay. I don't think he was on the news, I, I believe. Um, I would have known. He's this hot Korean dad yeah. <laughs> giving us the news. I'm like, really? yeah, he's really, ooh, he's something. Uh, he's doing a lot of great, okay. <laughs> great reporting, honestly. Okay. I'm sorry to objectify you. You're a Korean man, so I, I gu- I'm guessing it's okay. <laughs> but um, you're, uh, he's oh, doing yeah, some yeah, great yeah. reporting on BLM and COVID and police defunding. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, he's giving me strong Tom yes, Kim energy. Yes, very Tom Kim energy. I love Tom, Tom <laughs> Kim energy should be a fucking shirt that we sell. <laughs> Tom Kim energy, that's, that should be the next merch for our, uh, we should have like updated merch for, uh, for our Patreons. Um, yeah. but anyway, like st- stop being such a fucking Esther <laughs> and Tom Kim energy. Stop being a fucking Esther and Tom Kim energy. I love that. <laughs> um, he really has Tom Kim energy, but he is named Kenny Choi. He uh, was raised in New Haven, Connecticut. His parents were teachers, moved around a lot. Very fancy. In high school, yeah. he performed in a barbershop quartet and sang bass. Okay, daddy. In a highly competitive acapella group. Okay, I'm all about I'm a that little... bass. <laughs> wow, Kenny Choi getting me wet. Um, ah. He was also into basketball, surfing, cycling, tennis. I mean, he was like this all-around Korean guy. And like you can tell like he was just like, he's just like, it seems like a well-rounded dude. You know what I mean? His career took him everywhere from Tulsa to Washington State to Honolulu and now San Francisco. Um, he is the morning slash noon anchor uh, on CBS News local, but he also hosts Bay Sunday, a locally produced public affairs show. So wait, he's a morning anchor? Morning slash noon anchor. Yes. And then evening cool. reporter, I believe. Yeah, okay. he's doing it all. You know, he's, you know, he has to be Oba and just do everything. Yeah. He also hosts this Sunday show, Bay Sunday. On KPIX five, if you're in the San Francisco local Bay Area, check him out. Follow him on Twitter. He he's he's great at retweeting other news outlets and people he believes in. So he's really cool. As a as a as a reporter, he stays definitely like non apolitical. But these days, like it's yeah. not there. Everything is politicized, so like you can't even fucking hide from it. But like he's like he's putting the shit out there that that really matters. So Kenny Choi, follow. Yeah, him. wearing a mask should not be political. No, not not Black being Lives racist Matter should not be not a political, political thing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Jesus. That's what I mean about Black like Lives Matter. Rights. These white people, why would Black Lives Matter to them if their own, like, Harabaji's lives don't matter? 
Their own white grandparents' lives they don't care about. What they do you think they're gonna fucking care about anyone else that don't look like them? Come on. I mean, I don't I don't even know if that would it would I I, I before we go, I just I, I just really don't think that it would this is coming from the top. If our administration was unequivocally like understanding the pandemic and treating it like a pandemic, I don't think this would have been politicized. You know, yeah, people you're right. want to stay, people want to people want to stay healthy. People care about their families. Yeah. It's the fact that it has been politicized on the very highest level, mm-hmm. and someone's articulated a message to make it political. That now people get to make a choice about it being political. Right. You they, know, like we're given the choice of it as opposed to just being told this is a national fucking a, emergency. Exactly, Ugh. exactly, yeah. and that's the reason why I will. I just truly to to me, it's insane because we could have been, been done. We could be fucking Europe. I know. Us in Brazil really leading the fucking way in this hemisphere of, like, foolery. Foolery! (laughs) Absolute unnecessary foolery. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Appreciate you. Check out the Patreons. Check out the Instagrams. Everything's up there. Get back to us if you would like to. Um, Tell us about your Korean-American stories and especially your Korean adoptees. We'd love to listen. Thank you so much. Be safe. Be kind. Bye. Bye.